0: This is an emergency broadcast transmission. This is not a test. This is an emergency broadcast transmission. This is not a test. Please remain calm. Welcome to another episode of How to Survive the Narcissist Apocalypse. I am Chad the Impaler. Thank you everyone for showing up today. We'll be talking to a narcissist abuse survivor named Sarah from the UK. And before I get into that conversation or hand it off to that pre-recorded part, I will say that, or a little bit of a warning, in this episode, there are a lot of uh, sound issues, and I used Skype for this episode. Preferably, I'd not like to use Skype because Skype uh, has been in existence since 2003, and it is now 2019, and for some reason they still do not have their act together. And there's just a lot of uh, problems with sound, not necessarily drop calls, just a lot of uh, noise that occurs, uh, blurriness. I don't know what the exact term is. So unfortunately, I was planning on editing it so it was not there anymore, but it was vir- it 's virtually impossible, so I want to apologize. There are moments uh, during it where I, I stop uh, Sarah when she 's talking, explain to her what 's kind of going on because on her end she can 't hear what I was hearing, so I was going to edit those parts out as well, and I decided i 'm going to keep it in you know my style in life is uh, i call it craptastic. So to me, it's just it was natural to kind of keep it in. So when I do uh, call her back, uh, you'll hear the ringing of of me calling her back, and sometimes I'll stop her as well because uh, it got it got uh, a little blurry. So I ask her to repeat. So I just wanted everyone to know that that's going to start happening. There was more of it at the beginning of the podcast. This one, this podcast, I think is going to run about an hour and a half. Also. Uh, stay for the whole entire thing. Sometimes people drop off halfway or they skip through. In this one, you will hear eventually some crazy stuff and Sarah went through a lot and it's not, she just didn't go through a lot in her life with this narcissist that she was dealing with, but she had a lot of uh, personal issues that happened as well and uh, there's some surprises some eventually when you get to it in the story. And Sarah uh, was very nice uh, to us and was uh, patient with the process of the Skype and everything to uh, stay with us the whole entire time and uh, stick with the story. And hopefully I didn't interrupt and, and pull her off of everything and that she was uh, happy with how uh, her story was told. But now, again, like usual, I am rambling. I will stop bashing Skype, even though I could go on forever about uh, their service. And uh, anyway, without uh, further ado, here is my conversation with Sarah. Thanks for tuning in this week, everyone, for this episode. We have Sarah with us. How are you doing, Sarah?
1: I'm fine, thanks.
0: So Sarah got a hold of me through the website, I think, or through Gmail. I got a Gmail uh, message from you. And with a, uh, you know, this story is uh, pretty shocking from what I know. I don't know everything. I think it's better that I don't know everything. Um, And just seems like it's a winding road of a story that uh, keeps on going and is still going uh, and I know it's tra- traumatic uh, what happened to you, uh, and I'm sorry this happened to you as everyone else out there as well who had this happen to them, uh, but I'm now going to give this uh, uh, over to you, uh, so I'm going to get out of your way, and thank you for sharing with us today, Sarah, and the floor is yours.
1: Thank you very much. Um, well, before I start, I um, I don't have a diagnosis for my ex-partner, but I believe him to um display the symptoms of a covert malignant narcissist and, and possibly a sociopath. Um, we met um online um as many people do today. Um, I was in a relationship and so was he. We met as friends um due to a mutual hobby. Um, we were both really interested in four by fours um and um at the time, there wasn't many groups on Facebook. They were talking about eight years ago, and I was probably one of maybe two or three women on the group. So we all kind of got quite a bit of male attention, obviously, being quite a male a male interest. Um, but um, my my partner became a friend, just uh, like many. Um, we had lots of mutual friends. Um, we spoke about each other's partners. Um and, um, we shared information about our families um it was uh, it was all just really nice um It was a lovely group to be a part of um and he knew me as quite a strong personality on my age as a as a woman in kind of male dominated environment um you kind of have to be um quite strong and thick skinned um so I wouldn't have come across as a typical victim. people kind of thought of me as very strong-willed, very capable. Um, And we got talking, we got talking um, personally. We started talking by messenger. Again, he wasn't the only person that I communicated with that way. Um, And we talk about our partners. Um, So there was no love interest. There was no, he was quite a lot younger than me as well, 12 years younger. Um, And... I'd never been interested in younger men and he'd never sort of never been interested in older women um, so there was no it, there wasn't even the slightest hint that this was going to become anything other than friendship Um he'd often contact me uh, um, and ask me about taking his girlfriend out to a hotel and have I got any recommendations or places of interest to take her and I thought, you know, this is really sweet he's this young guy, he treats this this girlfriend of his so nicely you know, oh how lovely Um, but Suddenly, things started to change, and he'd start talking about her uh, cheating on him, seeing other men um There were stories that um he he wasn't into going out drinking or uh, going to clubs um and she was so he'd stay at home and she'd give him uh, give him a call about two a m and say, "Oh you know me and my friends need basically attack." home and he'd go and pick them up and I was thinking well that's a really nice thing to do but it sort of started making him sound like maybe she was expecting a little bit too much out of him and maybe um uh, kind of yeah taking advantage of his good nature and um, so me and a couple of friends started feeling sorry for him especially when we realized that one evening he picked her up from a, a man's house that was apparently slept together that evening and then she just rang her boyfriend to pick him up. Um, we were all shocked. We were like, you know, this is this is awful. I mean, he must be feeling absolutely terrible. Um, he, But what he actually did he, he didn't, he didn't uh, he ended up making, Sarah, making it up to her by taking her away. Sarah, yeah. for,
0: for one second, can I stop you? Um, we're having yeah. a bad connection from Skype here. So if you can, if you can remember for one second where you were, I'm going (laughs) to call you back and hopefully the connection will be better. And then we'll just kind of start, we'll just, we'll just kind of start from where we were. And when I edit, I'll explain to everyone that there was a a bad connection and we'll kind of go from there. So I just, um, I'm going to call you back in one second. Yeah, no problem. hello hi hopefully uh it works it was before what was happening was uh i guess like every 30 seconds it would get like uh crumbly for like uh five to ten seconds and there it was getting yeah. bad so go <laughs> 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 so, so continue um when or wherever you think you were
1: okay um so um suddenly things changed and um i i was informed that um his girlfriend had um expected him to pick him pick her up from a, um, a man's house and she'd slept with him and our friends were just you know, myself and my friends were just absolutely shocked you know this poor this poor person um you know what must you be thinking but instead of, um, we expected arguments, maybe a potential breakup, but no, he he took her on another trip um, and we started thinking, "Whoa, you know, this is, this isn't, you know, normal behavior. This, this guy's not being treated right and he's behaving, you know, he was behaving like a victim. Um, and we all spoke to him and he knew that we were all, we were all speaking as friends on his behalf. Um, because we were concerned about him but it also added a legitimacy to the, these claims he was making because he was telling me this story he was telling about four other people this story so we had no reason to disbelieve that this this wasn't the case um so this went on for quite some time and eventually she ended up leaving uh you know his girlfriend ended, ended up leaving him he was absolutely distraught about this um he was Planning to move with her to go to university. And um, all of a sudden she tells him, I've got another man waiting for me. I don't want you anymore. So we're just like, Oh my God, this is like, you know, he must be, you know, feeling terrible, but from what he's told us about it, you know, he's better off without this woman, you know. Um, so we supported him through all that, that, you know, and, and, and he got through all that. Um, and he, but he was always quite down on himself. Um then there was a few stories about his father being abusive. He would shout at his par- at his children and his wife and um tell them things that he wished he'd never he'd never met them, that they've ruined his life. Um and he's got four siblings and some of them are quite a bit younger than him. Um and then he would just leave the property and nobody'd know where he was for days or weeks and apparently this was quite a regular occurrence. So um i spoke to my partner at the time we offered him a bed to stay uh, to stay the night if he needed somewhere to stay but he didn't want to leave because he was worried about his mom and we just thought you know this poor guy all this you know he's, he's only 22 at the time and all this going on in his life um you know everybody had a lot of sympathy for him and he came across as the most genuine person i've never heard anybody say a bad word about him at all um so, maybe a couple of years later, we um, we finally meet up for the first time. Um, I wanted a new four wheel drive, and um, him and a friend, a mutual friend, um, said they'd come over and we we'd go and have a look. Um, at this point, my relationship had, had ended um, after fourteen years together, and I, he'd been there for me just as I'd been there for him. Um, we spoke about it he was a really great support um, and um, you know we, we all just me and me him and a friend met up as, as just three friends going out to buy on a road to to try and buy a car for me and um, we ended up literally driving the whole of the UK for this car it took us weeks to find one Um the first time we met there was an unexpected spark between us Um we hadn't met we hadn't talked like we were going to we were interested in each other romantically we hadn't flirted it was just we met and our eyes met it was one of those kind of you know fa- fairy tale moments mm-hmm. you know, we met in a car park we, we saw each other we fell for each other and after the first day um we spent um other alone together going to look for the, for this new car for me can you repeat um, yeah, sorry can you repeat that because
0: you uh you broke out there can you repeat what you just said i'm sorry
1: and we spent every weekend after that looking for this car for me alone okay. um and we got on really really well um we had such a great time we knew so many we had so many mutual friends we could talk like you know like these were old friends it was just like it was as if we'd met up and we hadn't, you know, an old friend you hadn't seen for five years. You'd just non-stop talking, um, you know, great fun. We went all over the country um, and it, it was fantastic. Um, so this is how the relationship started, really. We didn't actually then stop spending time with each other. We lived um, nearly two hours away from each other, so... As soon as he finished work or I finished work at the end of the week, one of us would travel to the other to spend time with each other. Um, the problem was my ex-partner was still living in my property. Um, it was partly financial reasons, partly he wasn't from the UK. He needed to move abroad and he did have legal right to stay here because he'd would stayed he been resident here so long, for so long. He was aware of that. But that made it difficult for us to meet up. He was living at home with his parents. There wasn't much privacy. Um, we couldn't really spend any time at my property. So we were sometimes we'd camp in the four wheel drive. Sometimes be hotels. We might stay at my parents as they've got kind of an apartment in the garden. Um, but this went on for quite some quite some months. Um, but we would spend literally as soon as we finished work, we would be together. From from each other and go back to work. Oh, sorry. Looking you, back, you, it probably you, you, was. You quite...
0: broke up again. There. Can you I apologize? Can you repeat that once more? Time. It's
1: okay. Um, yeah, we, we literally spent every moment together. We would, um, but looking back, it was, I suppose, quite full on. More full on than I would count as maybe normal. Looking back, but at the time, I didn't really think of that. I got my ex partner living under the same roof as me. I want, you know, I just wanted to be out of the house. Um so it was, you know, for me it was it was it was actually quite good. Um so yeah, move on eight months and we're kind of like, well, this is getting a bit difficult, you know, hotels are getting expensive. Um, you know, we we ended up selling the vehicle that I bought because it was too expensive to run, you know, four hour round trip. The fuel economy was not great. So I sold my car. He had to sell his car to keep this relationship going. And it was exhausting traveling all the time. Um, my ex-partner had gone away for Christmas. Uh, he'd, um, this was the first time we were ever going to get an actual week together under one roof and be comfortable. Um, he suddenly decides he's not going to come for Christmas. He's just going to leave me on my own and it's a small little thing and you're just thinking well hang on a minute you know we've we've finally got some time together we don't have to spend the time in a tent or in the back of a car or in like you know pay for a hotel or um and you don't want to be here and it's christmas as well and but you know he tells you well you know i've got to see my family i've got to see my friends and you're thinking well yeah okay fair enough you 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 know you're disappointed but you don't make a big deal of it um so my partner moved back, my ex-partner moved back um, to his parents' place um, abroad and I had the house to myself. Um, but he had pushed me for about two months before he left saying, look, you need to get your ex-partner out of the house. We can't be together properly. We cannot be together properly. This is not good. I, you know, we can't afford hotels all the time. We can't be doing this traveling. I want to be with you. You know, I, 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 and then this is when he first told me that he loved me um and at the time I was feeling really strongly about him and I was like yeah I want to make a go of this myself you know we get on so well um so he's pushing and pushing and pushing and I said well look you know the situation there's a financial implication for me I can't afford to keep my property alone it wasn't bought it is my property I own it outright but I cannot afford to keep this property. So you need to understand that. Um, and he and he's like, yeah, it's not a problem. You know, I want to be with you. I'll take you as you come. Um, and then he actually said, well, but I want to know why you want to be with me because I've got nothing to offer you. I don't have you know, I don't have money. I don't have, you know, possessions. And he kept pushing this fact, like, why do you want to be with me? Why do you want to be with me? And I said, because I want to be with you. You know, I, I'm not with you for your cash. I'm not with you for your possessions. I, I, I'm not, I'm not a gold digger as, you know, some people look, are called. I, I'm. You know, um, I want to be with you because you're you. Um, but he didn't ever seem very confident in that answer. Um but so we get to the point where my ex-partner's moved out. Um, I'm feeling kind of emotional after fifth, after 14 years of being with somebody, you know, even though we, we'd split up for a reason, it's still a big thing, you know, to lose somebody, um, that, you know, who, um, you, you've known
0: for so long. Oh, yeah, it's a big chunk of your life.
1: Yeah. It's, and I've never lived, I've never lived alone. Um, and then all of a sudden, these conversations we'd had, all this pushing and insisting that I get rid of my ex partner and that we you know, he needed to be gone so he could be here and, and we could be together properly, he suddenly didn't remember. He's like, This didn't happen. Like, what are you talking about? I didn't say I hadn't arranged to move in with you. Um and I'm sitting there thinking, Oh my god, like this person who's said, I love you and I want to be with you and get this man out of your house. Um, it's just suddenly what you don't, you don't want to be with me anymore. Um, but also I'm thinking, Oh my God, like financially, I'm going to lose this house and you know, and everything in it. I was just absolutely like, I didn't know what to do. Um, I got, um, friends, um, were starting to become concerned as well. They'd noticed that we were, um, getting close insisted that kept
0: the relationship so you, you broke up there me. again. Can you, uh, can you repeat what you just said again?
1: Um, he kept the relationship secret from all our friends online. Um, it, it was completely a secret. He said at first that this was. Um, because everybody would start interfering because everybody knew us. We were very well known in our, in our interest community. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it was nice that we had the time together and until we were settled in our relationship, that it would be a good idea to keep it quiet. And I was, I agreed at first, Um, but you know, we've been together now like nine months, 10 months. He's wanting to move in. Um, People kind of, you know, why can't people know? um he even he said okay i'll change my facebook status we'll, we'll we'll change our relationship status then everybody will know but he even changed it um but he he changed the settings so only i could see it um and um yeah friends were saying well I, I can see that you've changed yours but he hasn't changed his and then he's saying oh it must be some bug on facebook like this is i don't understand what's happened here i've done this you know i've done this thing um so yeah there 's all these little things, but you just pass them off you know it 's a fa- it 's Facebook you know you don 't think that 's not the be all and end all of a relationship so um but obviously, this not moving in and potentially putting me in the position of losing my home and also questioning the, the if he wants to be with me was a huge, huge thing. um I even went as far as to um advertise a room to rent out um at this point, he became really jealous um I, I was getting um People who I was getting mainly men um, looking for rooms. He didn't want me to live with another man, um, and his response to that was, "Well, I'd rather pay pay half uh, half of your bills and live somewhere else and do my own thing." He actually said that. I said, "So you want to come round and see me at weekends, and what? We'll sleep together. You'll hand over some cash, and then go home to your parents." I said, "This sounds more like." you know, prostitution than a relationship. Um, and at that point, the next morning, he. Hello. Hello. Sorry, oh, sorry. there was some strange noise there on the line. Oh. Um, yeah, I said, you know, I said this uh, uh, af- after I'd made that comment, he suddenly decided uh, he, the next morning, he suddenly arrived on my doorstep with a hold all full of clothes, an overnight bag and, mo- and said, I'm here to move in. So it went from completely, oh, I'm not interested, you know, but you can't have anybody else there. It was the most confusing time. Um, Looking back, I don't know why I let him walk through the door, Um, because at the end of the day, you know, his actions had kind of said quite a a lot to me. But when you're in the position of 24 hours before you thought you were possibly going to lose your home, um, you know, you don't you just plunged into so much confusion it's just this relief that well okay you said these things but he's actually here so he is he's moving in yeah and, uh, at, and
0: at this point um, probably from his point of view uh, he knows that you love him because you you've said it uh, or you it's it's uh, it's implied uh, he's now uh, thrown you for a loop on one end you didn't really challenge it uh then he went another direction uh you know with his lies he, he, he still he, he got away with it and then another thing happened got away with it and now he's able to move in knowing that you've let all of these things slide and in probably in his mind he's in control yeah yeah
1: but but he's behaving so much like he's he's lacking self-confidence because there's these constant questions of, but why do you want to be with me? And are you sure you want to be with me? So I'm, what's going through my head is I'm really confused, but it's coming across as that he isn't secure. Um, And I've got to kind of make him, you know, he almost was telling me that I needed to make him feel secure. Um, And that was because, and I'm thinking, well, oh, well with an ex-girlfriend like his, no wonder he's, I actually vowed before he moved in to never treat him that way. To, to make sure that he was treated properly, that he learned some self-respect just by being treated like the person he deserved to be treated, you know, with some respect, because he's had so little from his, from his family. And he's had so little from his ex-girlfriend. Um, so I was coming from the opinion that this, that, you know, is he, is he worried that I'm not serious? You know? Um, so I kind of saw a bit of the testing, but I was, really thinking because of the way he was playing the whole act that was coming across with this, that he was the one that needed persuading rather than myself. Um, and then we had Christmas and it was, well, Christmas was always a problem. Um, there would always be extravagant gifts and they would always be plastered over social media, but he wouldn't want to spend time with, with me. And um, it was a really odd situation But it wasn't just the fact that he didn't want to spend that time with me. It was, there was a huge amount of triangulation going on. Not that I actually realized it was triangulation at the time. Um, He would spend time with a particular friend, his best friend, who would end up, um, either he would say that this friend of his had said that I was insecure and needed to stop complaining that he wasn't there, um, that... Um, I needed to she's she's female uh, she's got a, a boyfriend and he would stay at her parents um, place and their boyfriend would be there I had no concerns that there was any infidelity going on but the the attitude um, that he would project that was coming from her was that I was very insecure and I was um I believed that there was um, some kind of affair going on Um and I didn't understand. He was he was kind of blaming her of being a bit crazy. Um, it was all her problem. It wasn't coming from him. Um, I don't know why she thinks this. I know you don't think this. Um, you know, and it was the start of quite a, a significant um, and very deceptive uh, piece of triangul- triangulation that started right at the beginning of the relationship and just got worse throughout. So at this point he's moved in um i know he's got this kind of crazy best friend um he's still asking all these wonderful questions about me he's still we're going on these great trips we've we've both got four wheel drives again life is good um uh, on the surface of things you know and online we are becoming a lot more well known we 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 do uh, photography for the four wheel drive world so people are following us, they're following our, our, um, not our private lives, but, you know, what we get up to with our four-wheel drives, as well as what we do professionally, so everybody knows about us, people are, it's like we're living the dream, we're we're traveling somewhere every weekend, we've got all these cars, Um, he's got a woman that can, you know, I can strip down the car and rebuild it, I understand it, I'm genuinely interested in it, you know, he's got, uh, friends who are jealous of him for that reason Um i've got you know friends who are jealous of me because i've got someone to help me you know strip and and rebuild my cars um it looks like you know everything's fantastic and it feels like everything's fantastic for some time um there are these odd little times where you get a strange feeling um you know, he'd be talking online a lot and he'd be really open and really confident. And then we'd turn up to an event and he'd get me to do all the talking and kind of walk off and just start taking photographs, which, um you know, I, I just thought it was him. Again, this self-confidence issue. Um, and at one point he set up um, work with a magazine. Um, I felt that I was kind of not welcome um but i couldn't put my finger on why um at, at this particular photo shoot it was a job for four for, four four feature articles it was a big job um he convinced me that i was more than welcome to be there um we did the photo shoot um and a couple of months later i've heard nothing i'm like i've not heard anything what's going on with the with these photographs um the, next day the magazine drops through the door and one of the articles has been published but nobody's even been in contact to um you know to to request my, my work his photos are all in the magazine he gets paid i'm sat there saying well you didn't nobody's informed me that you know that the work was was scheduled to be to be submitted uh, and he says oh well you didn't ask um so I forward all my work onto him and say well look if these people are in contact with you then I've done the work you know here's my work make sure they get it next time we have a bit of an argument but nothing you know just a bit like you know I just kind of stood firm um the next article comes out there's 50-50 my work his work and nothing I I don't, but there's no name. There's only only his name against these articles. There's no credit, which is under UK law intellectual property theft. But also, there's no payment for this work. So he's pushing me to complain and make a big deal about this because this is a big deal. They've taken your work. This is a national magazine. You know, you shouldn't. You shouldn't put up with this. You need to get. You know, and I'm not the sort of person who would. You know, uh, who, who would just let them get away with it. So I'm complaining, I'm making sure that everybody knows that this is my work. Yeah, the payment had been received, but he'd received the payment for all the work and he'd requested that the uh, the work went in his name and his business name, not mine. Um, I didn't find that out, though, till a lot later. So at the time, I'm just thinking, oh, my goodness, I don't want to work with this publication. This carried on for months. Um because I complained I got dropped by the publication he continues to work for them but then they he informed them that he could he's not just a photographer he can, we, he can provide writing as well as pictures, the perfect the perfect combination so they start giving him full articles to to work but the problem is he can't write um He's only got a basic high. Well, he was homeschooled over here, and he's only got one one GCSE, which isn't even basic, right? High school education. Um, so he's begging and pleading with me. You know, he's got he's got me fired from this job, but mm-hmm. then he's begging and pleading me to work for this publication again. And I said no. And he did a bad job, and he gets he gets fired too. So after that after that moment, he's fired from this publication for, for his own his own behaviour. And he never, ever stopped, and is still to this day, never stopped trying to stop me working in this field again. Um, He didn't want to go to shows. He didn't want to do shoots. He didn't want uh, me to take jobs. um, And that's continued, which put me in a a particularly, in a a worse financial position than I was in. Mm -hmm. So I'm losing money. He's now um, been living in my property probably about two months, but he's not paid anything towards the bill. He's not paid anything towards the mortgage. He's not paid anything um, towards any of the the general expenses. Um, so I confronted him about this. I said, "Look, you know, you know that you'd, move, you'd moved in. I, I was worried about losing the property. You know, you're you're living here. Fifty fifty is, you know, surely you know this is just this is just fair. Um, oh right, well, do, do me a budget. Put you know, work it all out, and and I'll pay this for you. You're not a problem." This never came. Um, he started paying for um grocery shopping and he would pay for us to go for a meal out in public. He would pay for extravagant gifts he would pay for if we were at shows he would buy you know food in front of people that we we knew um it was all very. he would put uh, he would put fuel in my car um again it was all quite public, but he wouldn 't pay for any of the essential everyday bills um this carried on um he would all yeah if it was birthdays or Christmas particularly he'd make a very big um extravagant gesture if it was an anniversary though he would always forget um, he never remembered an anniversary at all um now shortly um before this big photo shoot my dad passed away and the week later my grandfather passed away um and that was obviously a very difficult time for me um and unfortunately three months later um, i found a breast tumor um and so um this was 2017 it was really not a good year for me at all um and i think um, the fact that I split up from a 14 year relationship at the beginning of our relationship, and then my dad had been very ill throughout, um, throughout our relationship. And so my granddad, their passing, and then me being ill, I think was very much used to his advantage. Um He was never emotionally supportive. He would kind of play like he'd be the taxi, he'd take me to appointments for my health, he would take me to the funeral or or whatever was happening, but he he was never there to have a conversation with. In fact, probably about a week before my dad actually passed away, he was trying to convince me that it was all in my head and that, oh, it'll be fine, he's just gone into the hospital for an operation, he'll be absolutely fine. He never came out of hospital um, it was always downplayed. If I had an issue, you know, I went to the went to my uh, my doctors. Over, you know, obviously I'd noticed some symptoms. I ended up with having been diagnosed with a breast tumor. I needed emergency surgery. Um, I was in surgery six days later, but it was, it was constantly downplayed. It was never like, oh my God, how do you feel? What's going to happen? You know, have they, you know, he didn't, he wasn't interested in the information. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, most people's partners would want to know. So I just, at this point, I'm just like, you know, it's been one thing after another. I wasn't even, focusing on him um I was just focusing on surviving this and you know one shock after I mean all this happened in three within a three month time period and I was struggling financially anyway because he'd lost me this work um so I'm just like geez like I just need to get through this so I think a lot of that is behavior in that kind of time frame I just completely you know dismissed um and I and i thought that he was trying to downplay what I was going through just to kind of help me you know like don't Mm -hmm. worry you know this is going to be okay that's what I was hearing but what he was saying was you know this isn't important um so yeah this was we were in the kind of November 2017 and it was beginning in November I had my surgery I couldn't drive now that's a big thing to me driving is my therapy driving is my hobby Driving, work, I need to drive to these events, um, and uh, my right arm is affected by surgery. I can't hold my camera steady, so I can't take photos. Um, I'm told that I can't claim any any um, state benefits because I work for myself, and my partner works. So there is no money. Either I have to work, or there is zero coming coming in the door. But at this point, he's still not paying. Uh, he's still not paying to be here, but he's still paying for. All of the, the luxury items, you know, we still go to events. Because, and that, and I'm, in, I'm at this frame of mind at this point. I'm thinking, well, I wouldn't get out of the house if he wasn't paying for the, that fuel. Or I wouldn't get out of the house and go to these events if he wasn't paying for, you know, to get there. And I wouldn't have this if he didn't. So I'm kind of actually dismissing and excusing his behavior at this point. Mm-hmm. And again, this sounds saying this out loud now it sounds absolutely crazy to me. Um, so I have this, I have this surgery beginning in November. Um, we get to, um, I think it was actually mid-November. We get, we're coming up to Christmas again and my mind starts playing, what's happened this Christmas? I don't know why I thought he was going to disappear again, but that's what happened. Um, there is no talk about you know most people you know beginning of December you're making plans with your family with your friends what we're going to do over Christmas it's all exciting nothing Christmas was not even mentioned it was not a topic in our household Um my mum's asking like what are you coming over what's happening you know um, I'm like I don't know I'll go I'll have to ask um, and then I'm told his dad is really really ill now his dad's had had cancer so I'm like oh my god like this could be really serious um and I'm thinking well I'm waiting for biopsy results I'm waiting for potential radiotherapy to start I don't know what's actually going to happen with me but I know that it's going to potentially happen around Christmas and New Year time but his dad's ill like you know I'm like you know you've got to go to your dad don't like don't like don't worry about me like I will I will deal with this. I will sort this out, you know. Um, I don't know how I'm going to get there. I can't drive, but I'm like, I'll get a taxi. I, I'll just, I'll sort something out. Like, if your dad's really, really ill, you need to go see your dad. Um, So he goes off to, I think, he goes off to his uh, parents' place. And next minute I get a, um, a, a, it was the day after Christmas, I get um, a Facebook message off a friend. Uh, I accidentally pressed the wrong the wrong button on the phone and I opened Facebook. Now he has, uh, we both use a facility called Nearby Friends through GPS. So it shows you where your friends are. And I realized that he's in his, be- he's not in his parents' place. It's showing me that on the map that he is at his best friend's house. So I'm like, this is my first Christmas without my dad. Mm-hmm. This is the first Christmas without my granddad's. I've just gone through breast tumour surgery. I don't know whether this is cancer, whether this is benign. I don't know whether I need radiotherapy. I don't know anything at this point. But I know if I'm going to need it, I'm going to find out this week. And he's not here. And he's at his friend's house. I was just like, I just completely almost collapsed. Because the weight of all of this on top of me anyway is enough um, you know, to kind of put most people, you know, down, but to think that he's lied and said that, you know, used and, and used his father's health, you know, to get away with this, I'm like, whoa. Um, so I immediately sent him a message, um, and in in fact, he at this actual moment, he'd message, he'd sent a message to me, and it was he said, I'm going to try and get back early. So I said, don't bother, please stay with this this woman um and he said oh no it's okay we were we're having a birthday meal tonight and but i can be back i can be back probably tomorrow evening instead of a day later i said excuse me you're supposed to be with your dad who's ill with cancer and you just flippantly say you know oh it's fine but you know a meal's tonight i can be back tomorrow um By the end of that day, I had had probably eight hours of harassment from her, messages saying that you need to stop this behavior. This has been going on 12 months. You're so insecure. How dare you expect your partner to be there at Christmas? How dare you stop your partner spending time with his friends? How dare you stop your partner spending time with his family? You're so Um. I'm just, I'm
0: disgusted for you right now. It's just just, just terrible.
1: Yeah. I'm just like, absolutely. I I, I was just absolutely mortified. So my decision was I just got in touch with him and said, you need to stop her getting in touch with me and you need, you may as well stay there because I have no interest in you coming back into my life. This is like, I cannot even explain to you how hurt I am and how like, who are you right now? Like, And who on earth does this woman think she is? Um, and she Honest, was talking hon- Honestly,
0: who does she think she is? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, Sorry for interrupting. Continue. Go. No,
1: no, that's fine. And, and at this point, this, this woman, I mean, I say woman, she was there. I don't think this was her 21st birthday and I'm 35 at the time. And this, this, girl is base is talking down to me as if you know you know she, I'm, I'm old enough to be a mother and she's kind of talking down to me as you know she's giving me relationship advice and um you know trying to explain the psychology behind my insecurity and i am just like i'm kind of ready to blow at this point you know it's kind of good that he was 70 miles away at this point um so um yeah i i left the relationship But the begging, the pleading, the love bombing, all the rest of it came flooding back. Um, And at this point, I uh, I'd got an infection. um, I and and after my surgery, things I was I was told I needed treatment, um, which I was hoping that wasn't going to be the case. So I am like, oh my God, this is now, like, this has become serious and I need treatment, but the treatment's got to be delayed because I've got an infection and, um, <coughs> and the love bombing worked. Um, I was, you know, I'm, I, I again, I can't even, describe it but it was being told that this look I told you she was crazy it's not my fault I wasn't the one that said all this Um I didn't tell her to message you I didn't even know she had your phone number Um well she didn't she messaged me through social media but and um, well there you go you know it, it, I didn't tell her to do this she's crazy just ignore it I can't believe she's done this to you I'm here now I'm here I've come home early and you know and it was yeah somehow at the end of the day you know with the bad news that i'd got at that time it was yeah it was what i wanted to hear um but also yeah um he'd already put it into my head that this woman was crazy but he'd already put into her head that i was crazy Mm -hmm. you know it was the perfect triangulation um so i go through my my treatments um he takes me every day um you know he's there all the time it's like you know he's he's doing what he said he was gonna do um he's paying more attention um to to me he's actually asking how my treatment went he's you know he's he's appears to have changed um and to be honest the rest of 2018 was kind of like that um we we spent a lot more time with mutual friends we got on really really well um we, he invited me, we, we were talking about this place, it's like, it's like Mecca for four wheel drive enthusiasts in Europe and I wanted to go. And, but I didn't think we'd be able to get there. And he, he looked, he, he, we were sat in the car and he grabbed my hand and he said, look, I want to go with you, I want to take you. Um, and he squeezed my hand and he's like, shall we go? We've never been on holiday before. We've never been abroad and we've never really had a holiday. We need to do this. You know, you've been through all of this. You know, you've come out the other side. You know, you've finished your treatment. You know, I think we need this. And he's suddenly talking like he w- was at the beginning. Like, you know, he he, he changed from this, like... um, loving person to being kind of cold and then it it was as if he'd sort of come back to it and he said look I was scared I didn't know what to do after my dad having cancer I was so scared and that you were gonna it was gonna happen to you and that's when my dad's anger started so he goes back to this story he told me before we were together that my dad would scream and shout and leave us and abuse us because and this happened when he got cancer. He couldn't handle it. It just changed his mental health, and I, I was just terrified that I was going to lose you. I was terrified that you were going to turn into some, you know, in, into someone that you that you you're not. Just like my dad did. Um, and we, but we've got through it, and I think we deserve this holiday. So I'm like, this, is, you know, yeah, I want to go on this holiday. So um, we go on. Uh, we. Sort of about two months later, he's never mentioned it again. Then he mentions he wants his friend to come along, and and he says, "Well, I'm a bit concerned about the cost. You know, it's going to be two and a half thousand, three thousand mile journey. We're going to have to get the ferry from the UK to France. Um, you know, then there's the cost of being there. You know, maybe if we take this mutual friend of ours, you know, and to be honest, it was like, yeah, okay. You know, money was a concern to me. I don't particularly want." A friend to come along on our first holiday not because i don't like the guy but you know it was supposed to be a kind of intimate holiday but we are meeting a group of friends there you know hey i'd rather no i'd rather not worry and stress about finances when we're supposed to be enjoying ourselves so yeah let's go for it um so yeah that's great so a couple of months later shall we get a puppy we get a puppy, cutest puppy in the world, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so everything his behaviour's completely changed this year. It's like we're doing things that we've never done before. We, you know, a puppy is a big commitment as well. We're talking about renovating the house, um, we want to move. Um, the house needs work, so he starts working on the house. He starts paying for things. It's like whoa, like you know, what's happening here? Maybe, maybe this this um, this whole illness that I've been through and uh, has changed him, and maybe it's woken him up, and maybe it's realised that you know life is too short, and maybe you know being scared of losing me, maybe he's this has changed him. Um, so we go on the trip finally, but um, but six weeks before we go, there's still been no talk about the trip. No, am I? Like, Are we going? People are people are asking, are you still going? We haven't any tickets booked, we haven't got any ferries booked, we haven't got the route planned. Um, and um, yeah, me and this friend have to kind of sit him down and say, Look, what, what you know, it was your idea, but you know, and we've been talking about it a lot and you're not really kinda of, you don't really seem to be that interested. So he gets up, we book tickets, we um I um, I rebuild the car. It takes me four weeks to because um, this is going to be an off-roading uh, road trip as well as an on-road road trip. We're going to do three days of quite serious off-roading at um, a 4x4 centre. We're going to drive over 10,000 feet over the Pyrenees Mountains off-road. So the car needs some work. So I get all that done. Um, I get everything organised. We go on this trip. But his behaviour is really bizarre for the whole trip. He's moving away from me when I'm like kind of wanting some, you know, just to give him a hug or something. And he's moving towards this, towards his friend. But then other times he's completely like, it's like we're back in the honeymoon period. And and it's like, you know, it's as if, yeah, like our first holiday away. The next minute he's all over me. Um, and it keeps swinging backwards and forwards. But he's really distant. We met a group of friends up there. He's really distant with them. Um, they keep questioning why we brought our friend with us, um, why we bought the third wheel, um, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't particularly polite about it either. And then at one point, um, because of all this strange behaviour, one of them actually said, "Why are you with him in front of in front of us both?" Oh,
0: um,
1: and I was like, "I'm not feeling comfortable," but I don't really think that his behaviour is worth that much you know to be that rude really at this point um, then his behaviour gets really quite scary, we're driving in the mountains and once we've left this group of people he seems to kind of relax a little bit um, now he'd been, he'd been chatting online with these people for weeks and weeks and weeks beforehand it's, it's only when he gets when he got face to face that he couldn't handle it at all He just he, he just tried to distance himself Um, But as soon as we get away with him, it's almost like he went from being kind of depressed to to almost kind of manic. He was driving through the mountains at 10,000 feet off-road at around 50 miles an hour scaring me and the, me and our friend absolutely to death we're like will you stop this we're, we're 1500 miles from home we've got to get home we're on our own we're in the middle of the mountains there is nobody to come and help us like you, you know you're, you're potentially going to damage the car or you're potentially going to drive us off the edge of this mountain like this is crazy what you're doing stop you know um, and it's just it's almost as if it's like this relief of being away from people um, it was really odd um, and i'd noticed i' really noticed that he wasn't interested in he wasn't interested in the amazing scenery he wasn't interested in being ten thousand feet in in the mountains he wasn't interested in being in one of the biggest four by four centres in europe and he wasn't all the people that we saw he just wasn't there was no genuine interest at all um and he he was happier to be away from people than he was stuck as you know as he saw it in a campsite with with people who you know were genuinely fascinating people who've done all sorts of adventurous things with their lives and something really did change in me during that holiday it was like there's something not quite right with him here like he's been, been with all these shows and events we've been to over the last two years he's been very similar he's not been there you know like he's he's been distant he's kept himself away from people but online he has always been really there in your face Mm -hmm. like constant messaging he's he's been attention seeking but as soon as he's there as soon as he's with somebody he just can't keep this up so um anyway we managed to get home he does do some damage to the car um unfortunately while we're up there we get home um we try and fix the car etc um, and um, we get that we, we arrive home in, in October of last year so then it's the dreaded Christmas time again but this time just like the rest of the year and um, he starts making amends he's like do you want to come and stay with my parents for Christmas do you want to come and see my friends for Christmas we spent we had two weeks together. We spent a whole week just together, just me and him. We spent Christmas Day at my mother's house, and we spent the rest of the week with his his friends and family. And I'm like, wow, like, I'm starting to feel really secure now. You know, we've been on this holiday. I'd kind of forgotten all the bad stuff that happened then. We've had this puppy. I've stayed with his family. Everything's great. This was, um, we probably arrived back on, I think it was on the 10th of January. Um, We continued January um, with our mutual friends, going around to their their houses, meeting them, doing some driving with them. And on the 25th of February, I woke up. um, I had um, changed all my finances around because we'd spoken about... We'd spent the time with his family talking about doing doing all the renovation work. We'd started the renovation work. He had stripped the garden back to nothing. The house was kind of stripped back. Um, it was basically as bad as it was ever going to get because we needed to strip it back in order to start the work. Um, and um, he'd got friends involved and friends waiting to come and help us when the weather improved in the spring. His family and friends are telling me this in front of me, so I know that this is true. You know, I'm thinking, you know, great, he's got all these people to help. You know, he's really invested in this. This is great. And they're asking, where do we think we want to move? And it's it's all, like, normal, like, uh, you know, fantastic. Um and I changed all my finances around me. I wanted, I was like, I want to pay this off. I want to go back to the gym because I'm not feeling great after all my treatment last year. So I want to get healthy again. I want to update my qualifications. So we're ready to move. Um, and I'll, I'll change, I'll swap my money around to make sure, that, you know, we've got, we don't owe any, don't owe anyone any money. We've got a clean slate and we'll be able to move, um, you know, the, next year. Um, and, and, Three hours after I changed all my money and made myself financially beholden to him, he decides he wants to leave. Now, I uh, had no idea that this was going on. Obviously, we would just come back from his parents. We we're just making all these future plans. Um, I'm like, where so, so is just to,
0: just to clarify, at this point, you just put your money, you changed where all your money resides, and he has access to
1: it? No, I well, I changed payment plans. Um, like changed the mortgage payment plan. Changed. Um, I my previous partner left me with some debt, so I wanted to pay that off before we moved. Mm-hmm. Um, I so I was I was I'd up my payments on that. Um, I'd um invested in courses, night classes, and going to the gym, and uh, so I was paying out more in some cases, and I'd rearranged other things to try and pay them off quickly just to give us a a final put us in the best financial position we could possibly be he didn't have access but um it was all for to make sure that you know i basically tied up everything It was going to leave me pretty you know kind of tight financially for the year but to me it was worth it to to, for the position it would put us in Mm -hmm. um so i'm like he knows that this is happening we've been talking about it for months but because my health hadn't kind of returned quick enough. I, I'd wanted to do it six months after the treatment, but I was like, okay, this isn't going to happen realistically. I'm not well enough to do this. So then I tried again a few months later and I'm like, no, I'm going to have to leave it for a little while longer. So we knew that this was all going to happen. It was just that, um, you know, we'd had, we'd had months and months of notice. It was just when I was ready and fit and healthy enough to um, to, to, to make a make a start because we were do, we were going to renovate the property together um and also i want you know I, like i say i wanted to go to the gym i, I wasn't feeling well enough for that so um and i would had other problems like the treatment had caused high blood pressure it had caused anemia so i was having iron infusions and i was you know and i was told oh you know you don't go to the gym until your high blood pressure is sorted and um i didn't have the energy with the anemia so um so we knew this was all going to happen it was it was just delayed by things um so it was no surprise But three hours after I did that, he suddenly announces that he thinks he wants to leave. It wasn't like, I'm leaving. It was, I think I want to leave. But there's no warning. Uh, We were talking about what I was going to do. You know, I said, right, tomorrow, I'm going to just do the last few things and ring up the bank and change this over. And he's like, yeah, 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 sure. Next morning, he suddenly wants to leave. Um, I'm like wow, um, what? Uh, uh, I just didn't know what to say. Um, And at the time, I'd also got a bad back. um, And I was thinking, oh, my God, I've just joined the gym and I've got a bad back. Um, This is really, you know, not good. and Not a good start to my fitness regime. Um, And and he knows I've got a bad back. I could barely, like, walk. I couldn't make myself food. I couldn't hold myself up to, um, you know, just, like, to... Uh, make a sandwich or something it was it was too difficult I had to hold on to the side in the kitchen so I was really struggling and he just said I kind of want to leave and then just disappeared Um he told me he was going to take me to and E and he told me that yeah 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 change you know change all this money around this will be great so I didn't know where he's gone um, although I presume I know where he's gone and I was right. He was at a mutual friend's house, the person we, we'd gone on the, the road trip with. Um he says, I'll be back later. I'll be back later today. I said, Well, you know, like look, we need to talk about what on earth is going on here, but I also need to get to the emergency room. Um I'm in a lot of pain here. Um he doesn't he says he's coming back, he doesn't come back. Um so now we're another day later. He sends me a message saying, I'll be back shortly. I'm, I'm just, I'm leaving this guy's house. I get a message from this guy and he says, we've planned the day. We're going to sell all his cars and we need to buy him another car. And these messages came through pretty much at the same second. So I, I screenshot them and send them to each other and say, somebody's telling lies here and I want to know what's going on. Um, I just get abuse back from both of them. So I have to ring my mum and we go up to Amy. So I'm sitting in the emergency room for hours. He's constantly messaging, I'll be back, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. And six hours later, he's still not arrived. But during this time, I'd had an x-ray on my back and found out I was pregnant. Um, I had no idea, although thinking about it, there were symptoms, but I was on a lot of painkillers and they put down the sickness, nausea, all of this kind of thing. It was, you know, you're on painkillers. Um, and I'm just like, whoa, like I'm pregnant with this guy. I've got no money with now and he's left me and oh my God. So, um, I didn't know what to do. Um, I didn't know whether to just tell him, um, or whether to kind of wait until he, you know, to see what he had to say because he was kind of at this point saying, I want to go back to my parents and I need to some time out and I need to think about things before I can tell you if I want to leave or not. So I'm like, well, can't we have a conversation? You know, what what is this, this reason that you want to leave? Um, I, I don't know. I just think I need to. Um, so... He comes back to the property, um, stays literally five minutes, refuses to speak, goes away to his parents. um, And I'm left just trying to work out what on earth is going on. Um, So anyway, he's at his parents. And and the next day he finally asked me, what, what, what did they say at the hospital? And I said, look, you need if you're not sure whether you want to be with me or not, you need to make sure before I say anything to you, because I don't want anything I say to influence your decision, whether you want to be with me or not. Um, and he actually asked me, are you pregnant? Um, and I thought, well, I I don't want to lie because it's true. Um, but also I don't want to be accused of like saying that, oh, well, I'm pregnant to kind of get him back because at this point, His friends, you know, he said, he's saying, well, my friend told me not, uh, you know, our friend told me not to come back and take you to hospital because he says you're just attention seeking. Um, I mean, he'd seen that my back back was really, you know, I was really in pain. So he knew I wasn't attention seeking, but I was being accused of attention seeking. I was being triangulated again. Um, And again, I didn't see this because this mutual friend, he'd been on holiday with us we used to laugh and joke there was no like sign that this guy was being fed you know lies by by the by my ex partner he was a friend but unbeknownst to me we've been triangulated for a very long time mm-hmm. so this guy's thinking that you know like he's like don't don't go back she's just she's just in, she's not really in hospital she's just she's just um attention seeking um so yeah i say that i'm pregnant and he's just like Um, right well what what do you want to do about it and I said well I've got I don't even have to think about that you know it's my my child I'd like to keep my child thank you Um, doesn't come home about it um, and blocks me Um, on Facebook on um, Whatsapp on cell phone on email you name it he blocks me um i believe he's at his parents house he's not actually his parents house at all um the next minute i get um messages saying that he's told his parents and they want me to have an abortion um it'd be stupid to continue with this pregnancy and because we don't want to be together um i said well is that the case uh you know i wanted to be with you and you said you didn't know if you wanted to be with me like what is actually going on in your head um I don't know that's um I just feel like I'm quite trapped at the moment and I need to get away from you and then I'm blocked again um he would unblock me when he wanted to harass me he would unblock me when he wanted to tell me he didn't care um although he didn't he put it in a very different way than that it was you know it was all very lots of cursing and swearing and um accusations of um I had accusations of infidelity. Apparently I was seeing other men. I'd been having threesomes. I'd been having orgies apparently even. Um, he actually rang me in hospital. I had high blood pressure after he had harassed me for 14 hours straight, knowing that I suffer from high blood pressure and I'm pregnant. Um he's harassing me 14 hours straight. He, I'm coming to collect my belongings. No, actually I'm not coming to collect my belongings. Um, so I go out, I go out for the day, then, oh no, I'm coming back now. Um, so I'd come back and then, oh, I can't come now. So I was, uh, it was all day and then the phone would ring and the phone would ring and he wouldn't answer it or he would let, he would answer it and not speak. Um, or he would answer it and just scream at me. Um, and, or or I'd be getting text messages or or Facebook messages all day, fourteen hours of this. Um, in the end, my blood pressure rose to a dangerous level, and I was in hospital.
0: Did you file um, any sort of report against him with all the harassing, or no?
1: Um, not at the time. Um, I was just because at, at this point it was like forty-eight hours, and my life had changed. From this guy's got is absolutely lovely. We're we're planning a a new life. We're get we're renovating the house. You know everything's going great. So he just ghosts me completely, and yeah. then yeah, and then the next day it becomes abusive. Um, so at the time I hadn't I hadn't filed a report at all. I was hoping to get him to come home and actually speak to me because it, you know he I just wanted to understand what was actually happening. Um, so. Uh, I go to hospital and he's blocked me again. I can't get in touch with him. But I'm being told you're in imminent danger of losing this baby and doing yourself a lot of damage. Like your blood pressure is like crazy high. Um, So um, I contact a friend and say, look, I don't know what's going on here. He's saying he's left me but he's not sure Um, but by the way I'm pregnant and I'm in hospital and I need just like I'll answer your questions later but I need you to get in touch with him because I'm possibly going to lose this baby Um, and he rings me and this is when all these accusations of infidelity and this is he's saying all this about threesomes and orgies and and all this he's screaming it down the phone at me Whilst I'm lying in a hospital bed, potentially going to lose his, his baby, and um, he doesn't seem to care at all what I have to say. Um, he's just it's just like a constant diatribe of verbal diarrhea, like no pause for breath, no just constant. Um, and I'm like, who is this guy talking about? Like me, like and I I. I am like the most loyal person in the world like I can absolutely not you know anyone that cheats to me is just like no that is absolutely the most worst thing you can do to anybody um, and I, at the, the end of the evening he, well, he, he, he slams the phone down on me apparently then goes out and gets himself a driving offence against him I don't know whether it was speeding dangerous driving but he went out driving like a complete mad person um, he told me the next day that um, the police had pulled him over. Um, but I hear nothing from him until the next day. Unfortunately, I'm told at this point that the baby's heart has stopped. Oh. And I have, um, because of the length of time, well, the because of how pregnant I am, um, that I'm going to have to give birth to this baby. Um, that they, they can't, you know, I, this isn't going to be a miscarriage sort of situation. This is going to have to be birth but not a live birth and I'm told that because my baby has passed away that they can finally treat me much easier for the high blood pressure so I'm given a load of medication and I'm told um, to go home from the emergency room and to come back the next day and because they're not going to do it. The emergency room and the um, the ward isn't open, so I've uh, I've got to I've got to go back home and 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 come back in. So um, I go home um, and um, I'm getting harassing text messages. Sorry, fa- these are Facebook messages off this woman, and I'm like, mm, okay why is this person messaging me? Um, like, we met once. She came to our house to buy some car parts from us. And um, we don't know her. But he's like, you know, he's kind of said that, well, I don't really know why I want to leave you. You haven't done anything right. You haven't done anything wrong. Um, and then at the end of the conversation, he told me that he was, he'd, been, he'd found somebody else. Um and I'm thinking, putting two and two together, that this is there's somebody else. But she lives six hours away from us. And oh my God, you brought her to my house. I you know, that's the only way that's the only time you've ever met her, and the only time I've ever met her is when she sat on my sofa and then I took her around to meet my mum. Um so she's met my family. And I'm like, This can't be the person that you've been Seeing, like, oh my god, but the messages are absolutely disgusting. They are, how dare you? He's left you, leave him alone, stop harassing him. Um, a baby is own isn't a baby legally a baby until it's born. Um, and there's going to be a paternity test. Um, there's got to be a paternity test because of your behavior. Um, it was just went on accusing me of being like the worst person you could ever imagine. Again, the infidelity. Um, apparently, I was I was um, using him for money. He was he was financially supporting him, and I you know nearly bankrupted the guy. It was just the most crazy. It was the most crazy opposite message. It was again. It was everything he'd done. She was accusing me of doing. Um, you know, I'm thinking, hang on, you're the other woman and you're accusing me of infidelity. And I'm like, this is just crazy. So, anyway, I get home. Um, he uh, calls, the, calls the next day. Well, it's the next day anyway. I didn't get home till, I don't know, it was some crazy time in the morning. Um, and he calls me. He's been at work all day and he's just screaming at me. He's just absolutely screaming and he's just... It's like, whoa, well, this guy isn't, like, even on this planet anymore. This is, um, like, it's not making any sense. I don't even know why he's angry. Um, he knows that the last thing he heard is potentially his, you know, I'm going to lose his child. And there's no question about that. It's just I don't care. Um uh, and I don't want to see you, um, but I want to I get my property back. Because he'd moved out. He hadn't taken a toothbrush. He hadn't taken a pair of, you know, socks or anything. He'd literally just, it would, he had left the building, but nothing else had been taken with him. So he wants to come around and get his belongings. So I'm thinking, well, I'm kind of scared, but he kind of needs to know what's going on with his baby. And I'm, but I don't really want him here in that mood. I said, if you're gonna be this angry, I don't want you here. I've got to go back into hospital. And he didn't give me the opportunity to explain why. So I said, I don't want you here. I said, like, you know, you've been given opportunity to come to come and collect your things and you mess me around for fourteen hours that day. You know, like you need to come round, you need to calm down and you can come round another day. So he turns up and this is when the criminal damage happens he i started uh, um i let him in the house um well he just opened the door he flung the door open and i he stepped in and i didn't know whether the the face the look on his face i was like i don't know whether to tell him to leave or not so i just kind of let him get on with taking things phone um he didn't want to know about the baby he didn't want to know um anything that was happening he just started taking things um and I said look I don't think I don't believe you're staying at your parents house and I don't believe that you've told your parents about this but I think they need to know about it um I said because um and I was just about to say that you know we've lost the baby and as soon as I mentioned speaking to his parents He just started kicking the front door in, like the front. um, He did £750 worth of damage. It was probably about $1,000 worth of damage to my front door um, and the door frame. Um, Then he started kicking the car. Um, He just um, ran outside, pushed me out of the way, started kicking the doors, punching the windows. Um, Then he moved on from my car to his car um he was just his whole body language his face had changed his eyes had changed his, his even his accent had changed like this was just like a different like if someone possessed had come into my property i didn't recognize him um i'm ringing the police like screaming down the phone like oh my god like i don't even know what's happening here but like he's he's just gone crazy please come round. And and help me. Um, and he then wheel spins and drives off like an absolute crazy person, leaving rubber all the way down the street. It was just the most bizarre thing. From this cute, quiet, because he always was cute and quiet and softly spoken, and and even when we did argue, he was he he, he never shouted or raised his voice. I'd never ever ever seen him angry. Or raising his voice, it was always very. It was so covert. I mean, the things he did <laughs> were unbelievable, but they were all behind the scenes. And this is when I started to find them all out. Um, he'd been triangulating pretty much everybody in our life since I'd met him, and since before I'd met him, he had told his fr- his best friends before we got together that I was some kind of weirdo on these Facebook groups. Um, Once we got together, he was then, I was the controlling one. I was the one using him for money. I (coughs) would had other men. All the stories that came out that he told me about his ex-girlfriend all of a sudden became my stories. Um, His ex-girlfriend was not the bad person. She, um, he was, he was that person. He was the one and isn't that such a very similar story to the one he um to what he did to me she apparently left him having another man set up elsewhere and that's exactly what he did to me he did exactly the same to her <coughs> um i found out that this lady that had come to buy car parts from us um <coughs> excuse me that um She didn't know either of us at the time, I believed. Um, He'd been talking to her, sob story, crying online, how terrible it was to live with me. Um, Since she'd been around, uh, her and her brother came to to my house to buy the car parts. He'd continued this and made it even worse. She'd been supporting him to leave me. Our friends that we took on... The road trip, and that we'd been he was actually my friend first, and my my partner fan met him through me <coughs> excuse me um I found out he'd been doing the same with him, but not only that, last week, I found out he was in a relationship with him what and that's why he want, that's why he wanted him on holiday, and that's why he didn't want me in, at the hospital while I was having problems with the baby because this guy does not like children and this guy got no interest in you know um yeah being playing second daddy to um a baby um but also there was the concern obviously that he may well take me back um I had no idea that he was gay um but I found out by complete accident um a friend of mine who had no idea who my ex-partner was, was at a camping trip, and he turns up with his new boyfriend. And it was only through chatting to my friends, saying, oh, how was your weekend? Yeah, I've been to a camping trip, there was this photographer. Yes, again, people complaining that he doesn't speak to people. No, he was, uh, do you, I don't know if you know this photographer, because you're a photographer, um, didn't speak to anybody, he was just all over his new boyfriend. And um I said, oh, I don't know. Straight away, I was thinking, I, I know a lot of photographers, but I don't know a gay photographer. Um, and he tells me his name and it's, it's my ex-partner and, my, and our best friend. And this had been going on since October of last year. That's what he told me. And he left me in the January during that time, we had been on the holiday, we had spent time at his parents, we are planning our future with his parents and my mum and with his friends. I'm. He's letting me change my whole life and my financial situation around to do this. And he's telling me that he's met another woman who turns out not to be the other woman. Um, in the end, this... This lady who wasn't the other woman ended up attacking my business. She was, um, all these stories about me being in threesomes, orgies, in in the end it escalated to me being in porn. Um, And she was contacting people who follow me on social media um, professionally to tell them that that's what I do and they need to keep away from me. Um, And what a psycho I was to my ex. And how he paid for all these cars, and he paid for my house, and I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't be in that position if it wasn't for him. Um, and yeah, the police um, caught up with her, and um, yeah, she was, uh, she, she, um, she was caught up with at work, and she was spoken to because obviously this is harassment. So, but unfortunately, my ex-partner there was no action taken against him because we couldn't prove that he had instructed it to do so. Um, I took him to court. He was he was fined for the criminal damage for the cars and the and the, and the damage to my property. Um, I've got a current injunction against him. He can't come within 100 metres of the property. He can't speak to me. He can't communicate with me. He can't threaten me. But he's getting... Ev- yeah, it, it fly monkeys, you know, he's getting his fly monkeys. He's telling them all what he wants to tell them. And as soon as one gets stopped by the police, the next one pops up and starts it all over again. Um, and that's not stopped since, um, well, like I say, all the, all the damage, the criminal damage and all the, the um, the loss of the baby that all happened in February. And we're now in June and it's still going on. um, he didn't turn up to his baby's memorial. Um his parents never knew about the baby. Um he never told anybody, um, apart from to tell the, the people that I told that either the baby wasn't his or it was the baby didn't exist at all. It was just me being crazy and trying to get him back. Um, you name it, you know, he used that he'd use his own child in any way he could to make me out to be the crazy person um and i'm sure and i'm sure
0: somewhere he's telling someone another case to get sympathy possibly that uh he he lost a child that's how sick uh this guy probably is or these types of people are yeah
1: well this is this is the thing uh, like every every imaginable possibility it was sometimes it was me not letting him be involved with the baby um, because he wasn't coming to you know, he was invited to appointments but he he, he wasn't willing to turn up um, but he was like, oh, sh-, you know um, you name it if you know, whichever way you could twist that story, I have heard that version um, yeah and the fact that yeah it was um, losing the baby, he seems to have had more sympathy than me mm-hmm. um, and he wasn't interested at all um, his, like I say, his parents didn't know, even though he told me that. Um, his dad had told. Uh, it's, it's yeah, he blamed it on his dad. His dad had said me that I should have an abortion. Um, he hadn't. Um, he didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. So I presume that was coming from. That was what he felt. Um, I mean, I'll never actually know what what's going, what really was going on in his head. Can I ask um, you a I'm question? Not, yeah, sure.
0: How are you doing right now? I mean, you went through your father passing away, your grandfather passing away, uh, breast cancer, uh, loss of a child. And then you find out that for this whole entire relationship, that's just that. That's not even including the relationship. And then you find out that, you know, doing dealing with this the whole entire time, but then finding out the whole entire time that he's telling everyone complete and utter lies about you from the beginning now that you were at a point where i guess he's still harassing you um this is a lot to deal with uh in one year two years i mean this has been the last three how many years of your life four years
1: um well i've known him for eight years um we've been we were together um about two and a half years um and yeah it's been it's going it's been going on probably 3
0: yeah so for 3 years this has been this is a lot to deal with in 3 years how are you coping right now
1: um that is a different answer every day to okay. be honest um like one minute i'm like yeah i've got this this guy is not worth my time and i'm trying my hardest to put this behind me Um, But then the next minute, I am just completely overwhelmed um, because it it is just, how can you move on from something you don't even understand? Mm -hmm. Um, I understand the theory. Um, My mum's a behavioural specialist, actually. I'm a psychology graduate and I even write for a magazine about relationships. And I really want to add that in because so many people, I give relationship advice to people. Now, I felt so embarrassed Mm -hmm. to think that I'm there, I get paid to tell people. Um, like that's that's always been my main part time job and all this um photographing four by fours was like, you know, my my hopefully this is what I would like to do. So but my main income and I've left that until the end because I want everybody to know how much you can go through and not see with these covert types of narcissists and And I believe sociopath, the fact that he was running from the police and things like that, sociopaths just don't care. And I don't believe it was necessarily not necessarily primarily narcissism. I do believe maybe the sociopathism was probably the leading.
0: Yeah. In um, in your email to your original email to me when I read it, I I think the first thing I wrote back was this sounds like a uh, psychopath, sociopath version of a narcissist.
1: Yeah. And I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. But. Um, but even though I understand the theory, um, I can sit here and talk, you know, I can talk all the jargon about, you know, the, the cycle of narcissistic abuse because it's pretty much the same when it comes to sociopaths as well. It's always idealized, you know, and then break the, these people down and then discard them. And then they will still come back and hoover you up. Maybe sociopaths, not so much. But this guy seems to have enough narcissism in there to keep me hanging on. Um I've been told by the lady that was harassing me that um, she passed on a message to one of my followers to say that he was still, he still liked me. So I'm getting these messages back, you know, these little love bombing, you know, put it in my head that he's still interested. Um, I'm, I'm not, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. But I cannot cut my feelings off. I have, I do have feelings unlike, you know, a sociopath. Um, I love that I genuinely love that person as a friend and then as more than a friend and I sit here some days and I miss him and I'm not gonna as much as that is sounds ridiculous you can't just cut that off mm-hmm. um and I don't want to but some some days you know it it's just like I do I miss that but I don't miss the true person the true person is the person that exploded with anger and rage and smashed my home and smashed my car and told me he didn't care about his own child that is the real person um the person who would buy me extravagant gifts and take me out and um all of that that wasn't the real person at all and i've seen it with behavior with his friends i mean he's now moved on to People who he always would put down, he didn't like. He wasn't, um, yeah, he would laugh at them. Um, there's, um, like, his, you know, two best friends, they're, they're great examples. People he, I'd never heard him actually say anything bad about. He has suddenly started, uh, he suddenly started talking about realistically. Now I found out what he really believed about them and he didn't, he had no interest in them. He had no respect for them. It was all an act. It was. I literally found out that all these people I thought he cared about, he didn't. He, uh, everything about that went on between me and him was were, was lies. This this best friend of his that he was accusing of being crazy to me, he was doing the same with. But I, but he was still alleging that this was his best friend, and he cared about her. He actually said at one point, "I'm never going to get rid of of her out of my life," though, even though she was, you know, being really. You know really, really nasty to me. Um, I found out that he he didn't care about her at all. there's admins on Facebook groups that he's triangulating with me now that he's always just laughed at and belittled to me um, and he's picked all of these people, and these are now his flying monkeys and it 's obvious to me that he's going to use these people. These are the people I need to watch. these are the next people who are going to take action. It's already happening. Um, so, you know, do, I could, do you guys have
0: mutual? Did you have mutual friends or mutual people in your group or your four by four group? Where uh, just associating with them now, uh, you just don't want to because you need to. Uh, I mean, the best thing is to you know have zero association to anyone in that yeah. circle.
1: Yeah, and that is really difficult because over this last year and since he has left. Um, all this work that he, he, um, all this work that he's prevented me from taking has just come flooding back. I cannot believe how many people realize that there was something off with this guy because I'm thinking everyone's talking to him. Like I've been, we've been away for the weekend to this event and I've been the one actually physically talking to them. He's been too busy taking photos and hiding. So, but then we come to Monday, we upload the photos to social media and he's talking, he's got all these, he's got, he's got 10 times the photos that I have because I'm the one that's been networking, getting the contacts, you know, making friends with people and, but he's got enough to completely flood social media. So he comes across as the person who is well-known. People are so thankful because, oh, wow, it's a picture of my car. This is this is fun. You know, people are excited. They're thankful. They want to then start talking to him. And because it's online, he'll start talking to them. So I would feel really, really strange because I'm like, hang on, I spent a whole weekend talking to you and, like, nobody's talking to me now and everybody suddenly jumps on his bandwagon. Like, what is... You know, um, have I done something wrong? Am I not welcome? Uh, you know, so it was very difficult to pinpoint who were your friends and who weren't because you're thinking we seem friends face to face, but now all of a sudden it's gone very quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's amazing how many people notice that. Yeah, they'd be polite and say thank you, etc. Online, but actually, since he's left, the amount of people people have said people don't realise. And to any extent like how just disgusting the behaviour is they just think that he was a bit strange you know and it's like you know I'm kind of people People have said I'm glad you're not with him I always thought it was really strange or oh if you're not babysitting anymore will you be able to do this, this article for our magazine or um, oh well if you haven't got to um, like yeah if you're not looking after him anymore will you be able to come to our club event so the amount of invitations and things that I have had is amazing. So that really, really kind of helped me at the beginning, um, because I'm like, oh, I know these people are on my side, but then it comes the day to actually go and you're like, yeah, but how many people there are on my side? This is one, this, okay. The organizer's on my side, but there's going to be hundreds of people there. So. And you
0: have no idea what he's told them.
1: Yeah. Etc. If et he's going to be there. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um. Uh, that's, this was the big thing. And he was threat every single event because I take photographs and I promote people. I'm always having, to, I have to tell people where I'm going to be. It's like, I'm going to be at this show. I'm going to be at this club event. Um, it's, it's all over Facebook and, uh, and Instagram before like the week before I go. So every single time I've advertised to go to an event, he has threatened to go. Um, he's not actually turned up to any event but every single event since we've split up and since all this happened I have had to walk in um walk into alone because I'm not with him and I used to work with him I'm not with um, our two closest mutual friends that we used to go to because they have sided with him because unbeknownst to me they were part of this they you know I think one of them, planned a lot of the certainly the ending with him and that's the guy that he's ended up with um and he's now in a relationship with apparently the other guy has was just completely triangulated right he's so naive and yeah i can see it that he's just yeah it's triangulation and he and unfortunately he believes uh, he, he believes him So I'm alone going into these events now. That's kind of intimidating enough when it's, you know, it's a very, 90% of people there are men. Um, You've got to really kind of, you've got to know twice as much to get taken seriously when you're a female in the four by four world. You've Mm -hmm. really got to prove yourself to get anyone to pay attention. They just think you're there, I don't know, you know, like you're not necessarily interested, never mind there as a professional. But, I mean, luckily, over the years, people have got to know that I am serious about this. But that is a detriment to me. People, okay, they might know I'm serious, but they know who I am. So I can't even go in kind of covertly myself and pretend I'm not there because people know who I am. So I'm like, oh, my God, if they support him or if he's triangulated them or if they're, you know, one of his flying monkeys or... They can spot me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't even just sneak around and, like, you know, try and... Um, luckily, I do know a lot of people, so I can... I always walk in and instantly... Like, I would have somebody on the phone or I would have somebody waiting and they're like, right, we're waiting here for you. Come and meet us and we'll, you know, we'll go around with you and we won't leave you on your own. But some of these, we, some of these events are two days, three days, four days, even five days long. And my concern was like I could end up having to camp next to this guy like i 've got an injunction, but it we can 't stop him going to public places mm-hmm. we can 't stop him going to public events um, i 've shared this um, court order with everybody. I can think of um, the event organizers, the club chair people who are, you know anybody who is an authority in whichever event. You know, like, look, this is the situation. And in most cases, he's not welcome. Um But the problem is, doesn't mean he's not going to turn up. Um And it doesn't really stop me being anxious. And I've managed to... I, I, I'd consider-
0: be hyper, if it was me, I'd be hyperventilating the whole entire time. Yeah. I'd, I'd just be like, so nervous.
1: I, that I am Well, I'm, I'm on medication now, I'm on like beta blockers to keep my heart rate down and um, things like that so I can take medication to um, calm my anxiety and I literally go in with a couple of friends and my legs are shaking, it takes me about an hour to be able to take a photograph because I can't keep the camera steady um i have to be 100 percent sure that this guy is not going to be there i have to speak to the event organizers to make sure that um they you know they're aware of it's like okay i've spoken to you on the phone but i need to speak to you here on the premises face to face to be absolutely sure that you understand the situation and that he's not going to turn up um it's and I've managed to do that up until the last couple of weeks and it's got so exhausting. I have, um, I haven't been able to go. I'd planned to, I'd actually planned to, instead of going to shows and events, I thought, right, okay, I don't need to, shows to me are kind of, they're the same thing in a different place. I'm kind of, they can kind of get a bit boring. I like the motorsport events, places where the cars are moving, doing something exciting. So Club events are easy to manage. He can be banned from the club. So this I started attending club events. But I thought, I'm still nervous. Like, okay, he's banned, but he doesn't know he's banned till he gets here and gets told he could still turn up. I don't even want to see this guy. Um, And if his friends turn up, like, you know, they're not banned. They could come. Um, So I plan to spend a month traveling around Scotland, living in my four-wheel drive, and turn that into a story, turn that into a feature, mm-hmm. um, you know, get paid that way. I'd be on my own, um, just me and the dog. It'd be a great time. I need time out. I want to get away from this house where we lived. I want to get away from everything. Nobody's going to find me up there. We've got no links to the place. Um, but unfortunately, like, just like all old cars, <laughs> my cars like, decided to break down um, and I haven't managed to get away. Um but I need to go away because the last couple of weeks i haven't i have not been able to i i 've lost the energy to actually get out there and 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 go to these things mm-hmm. and it's a pl- it 's a leave. good
0: plan though it 's a very good plan to do that
1: yeah yeah well, I'm hoping to leave next week i'm still going to go yeah. um, but I need that break because I have not stopped literally i mean how many days was it after like I lost my baby on trying to think i think it was about eight days after i I lost the baby i was at my first show because i needed to work i i'm not going to lose my house over this guy and i don't know how i did that looking back i looked looking at my photos from back then i looked like i don't know it was some kind of zombie walking around the place like my skin my hair everything i just looked terrible um and i haven't slept i've literally spent some some times i can 10 days straight with zero sleep um and i haven't got more than i think three hours in a row since all this happened um so it's just been i've got to the point now where okay i've proven myself to him i'm not gonna stop but also he's proven to me that he's not going to stop. So we need a bit of time out. And this is where I do want to go on this trip and kind of gather my thoughts and gather my energy. And um, it's and also because I've stopped, things have hit me, like the loss of the baby and what I've lost over this time. And, you know, depression started to come back in because I was amazed that I wasn't depressed after this. But there was so much adrenaline going through my body. Mm-hmm. I was, it, I was too. The anxiety was taking over. Um, I, I, um, but now I've kind of started to relax. Like, I've had the police have referred me, and I've had all my house alarmed. Every window, the door, everything is alarmed. Um, I've had all these services in to make sure that everything is safe. Um, I'm keeping my vehicles somewhere else so we can't they can't be damaged. So as soon as I've started to feel like a bit safer, now I'm starting to kind of process all the, the really nasty parts of it. And I think I need to be somewhere else than where it happened to do that. Have, somewhere you, where
0: have it, you been going to a therapist at all or no?
1: Um I ha- I have had a um support worker who comes to to, to my home. Okay. Um and she's been really great i've got um i've been sent on a um a the our local health authority um they run a course to um educate people on controlling and abusive uh personalities mm-hmm. which is quite amazing because I, I believe it doesn't really happen in many places um um that was really great
0: cuz just you, you know if you do you're going on if you do the scottish trip and you're going away there are um online uh therapy places that i think you can get a specific person uh that can be your uh therapist uh from i don't know there's there's betterhelp.com i think there's something called talkspace i don't know what it is in the uh, uk um yeah. so if you are away that at least you maybe have a consistent person that you can talk to the whole time. Cause it, you know, yeah. my concern is, yes, it's a great, it's a great idea that you're alone, but, uh, not, uh, cause you haven't stopped yet. Yeah. I mean, you've still been going, 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 going that, yeah. w- you know, yeah, what, ha- what happens when uh, things stop and now you're by yourself yeah. and I, you know, I just don't want you to be alone, um, with these things. So it maybe if you, uh, I, I, I'd feel better if maybe you signed up to one of those things. So if you are alone that you can immediately kind of go online wherever you are and uh, talk to a professional.
1: Yeah. Well, this is, this is my major concern because I'm thinking now, I mean, I've, I've stopped for a couple of weeks at home and that's been enough to, yeah, start this. um, I mean, this kind of downward spiral into thinking about oh my god I've got so much to process and it has crossed my mind that I'm like yeah it's going to be great to be away from here but there's going to be a lot of stuff rising to the surface as soon as as soon as soon things go quiet. And in one case, I want to be away because I'm not surrounded by the memories of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be somewhere that is completely new and if we never went to Scotland. We talked about it, but just like many trips that I wanted to do, it was only the the road trip that that i wanted to do all the rest he, he didn't want to come and he didn't want to go to the lake district and say goodbye to my dad that was his favorite place to go he didn't want to go and over to ireland and see my friends from when i used to live over there he didn't want to go to scotland and visit all the places that i used to know um and so it was somewhere that we hadn't been because the rest of the UK, we've been we've been to every show, we've been to every mountain, every lake, you name it, we've been everywhere. But we never went to Scotland, so that's why I chose that because it was so far removed. But yeah, I completely agree. It's it's going to be it's going to be a challenge, but I do think I need it. Um, I've got my support worker. I'm lucky that I can I can call her anytime. Um, so I've got someone on the phone. Um, and I've got some friends that's the one good thing about being in my particular brand of four wheel drive community. There are friends everywhere so um I've had some invites you know if you ever want to stop by you there's a there's a bed for the night um you know and i I'm gonna meet up a few people while I'm there so um I've kind of put things in place and at the moment it's I'm kind of more frustrated that I can't just go because i've I feel like I need to deal with it. You know, I need I need I need to go and deal with it. And I know it's I know it's not going to be pleasant. But um yeah, I, I think it's one of those things it's kind of I think I'll come back in a much better place than probably I am at the moment, you know, and hopefully get some sleep um get some fresh air and um not have to not have anything to put pressure on me Mm -hmm. um you know if i don't want to if i want to stay somewhere for a week i'll stay somewhere for a week if i want to move on the next day i'll move on the next day um you know um and i think after after yeah i I, i've done a lot of thinking and i think i think yeah that's what i kind of need to do and then when i come back i've got um a um a course of therapy booked. Um unfortunately the waiting list is quite long. Um so when I come back I'll be straight into that and hopefully um yeah that will that will be my support for the next kind of six months after because it's not going to go away. It's not going to go away just after a couple of weeks no. you know in Scotland. It's not. No, this it, is it, it, take it, it's going to
0: this, this is going to take a while. I mean you endured uh a lot in your own personal life uh without him uh, being part of the equation and then you throw that on top of it. That's a lot to deal with. And it's going to take yeah. you a long time to process everything. And, uh, you were strong and you're brave and, uh, you made it this far. And, uh, I just, I wish you, uh, the best. I, I'm giving you a virtual hug, uh, right now. Cause, uh, you, you need one and you need, uh, strength, uh, and support of people that have been through this before. If also, if everyone's out there listening, um, you know, find the people you trust and make sure that they're the ones that you can trust. And, uh, yeah. and, uh, before we, uh, finish off here, do you have anything you want to say to, uh, everyone listening?
1: Um, the main thing I want to say is this is so not your fault. And there is, I know it's easy to for me to say but really you know I've felt guilt and I felt ashamed and I felt embarrassed and there is absolutely zero reason for that these people are just unbelievably devious they are not they don't operate on the same wavelength as a healthy human being and we you can't even you can't start to recognize this because they don't process, they don't think and they don't behave in the way that we do. It's so alien to us. And the only way to even start to get over it is to understand, try and understand it. You'll never understand it because it's so far removed from a normal, healthy person. But the last thing you need to feel is any type of shame about this. I mean, like I say, my mum was, is it? well, she well, she was, yeah, she's retired now, a behavioural specialist. Um, she's got uh, postgraduate degrees. I've got a psychology degree, um, and I've written a column about relationship advice for many years. And if we didn't see it, like you know, y- your average person on the street is not going to see it. Um, but just know that you are the reason they caught they they did this to you is because you were the good person, um, and that's really what's helped me to get through that. I mean, I'm not sure I'd necessarily believe all of that quite yet it's not quite sunk in enough but that is the truth behind it all and I think that's what people really need to to focus on you are the good person in this and this this is just a disgusting a disgusting thing to happen to anybody and you did you didn't deserve it so I really want people to understand that because that's that's my that's my kind of life jacket you know that's what I kind of cling to that yeah you know that's that's how things are
0: Well, thank you for sharing your story today.
1: No problem at all.
0: And I wish you the best. I wish you the best on your trip. Thank you. uh, I'll stay in contact with you through email to see how things went.
1: Brilliant. Oh,
0: it's been great to talk to you. Nice talking to you. And that was my conversation with Sarah. And she went through a lot. That was a lot to deal with. That was a lot to deal with. Uh, not just the narcissist aspect of the story, but in her own personal life. Uh, I hope that she is currently on her Scottish vacation and doing very well. She's a very brave and strong person to go through all that and come through on the other side. And it was a a good message that this story can happen to uh, anyone and to not feel shame about it and not feel guilt about it. And that uh, even people who are in this type of field and should have, in everyone's opinion, probably should be able to see these things. Uh, They, you get blindsided. So I just want to thank Sarah one more time and uh, we'll end it off right here. So thank you for listening. Give us some five-star reviews on uh, whatever service you're using. iTunes, iTunes Podcasts. I don't know what it's called now. They changed their service. Stitcher. Spotify, Google Play, Google Podcasts, any one of those. Give us a review. Listen to us. Tell your friends. Subscribe. And we're going to be starting off some, uh, I think, our next episode. Either will be another Narcissist Abuse Survivor episode or we'll be doing a new type of episode where we will be sharing uh, letters that uh, survivors always wanted to send to their abusers. But because of no contact or other reasons, it was just in our best interest not to send those things. But you always wanted to say them. So we've found some letters, and we're going to be – we got permission to use them, so we'll be reading them on the show. I will be having Melissa back on the show to discuss it. We'll be reading back and forth. Melissa herself will be reading her letter. I may read one. I may not, uh, of my own doing, And in the future, I've added actually a part of the website where you can, uh, if you go to NarcissistApocalypse.com, you can, uh, if you want to leave your own message so we don't have to read it in the future, there's a a voicemail button. You can click on it. You can record it for about five minutes. And then if you still have more to go, uh, click on it a second time after you're done recording that part to continue it. Eventually, I'll be able to edit it into an episode. And we'll go from uh, there, We're trying to add uh, like uh, different types of things going on in this uh, podcast. And that was one of the things we came up with. So everyone could have their voice, but who doesn't want to do an interview, but always wanted to say that one thing. It can be funny. It can be angry. It can be sad. It can be whatever you want it to be. But I think our next episode that we'll put out, will have, it might not, actually, it might not probably two episodes from now. Uh, we'll give some good examples for everyone uh, on what they can do. Anyway, now I've talked too much. Thank you for listening to the How to Survive the Narcissist Apocalypse podcast. I am Chad the Impaler. Thanks for showing up. This is an emergency broadcast transmission. This is not a test. This is an emergency broadcast transmission. This is not a test. Please remain calm.